Welcome back to the Intelligent Conversations podcast. Today, we have a familiar face, Roger Williams. Everyone, you remember him from last year. He was a fantastic guest. He had great things to share about making a bucket list and how you can set your life up so then you do things that you want and achieve a life that you want. So, Roger, welcome back to the show, man. Uh, Josh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, it's always great talking to you. I, I enjoy our relationship that we built over the past since I went on the show last, and I'm excited to be back. Yeah, so I guess first question I want to ask right off the bat: What have you been up to this past <laughs> since last time we you we had you on? What have you been up to? What's kind of been keeping you busy? Yeah, well, so the last time we were on, uh, I was on here that. We had uh, been talking about my trip to Europe. I was in Europe um, gallivanting around, seeing friends, doing some bucket list stuff. And uh, since then, I, I came back to the States. And um, I, I had a goal of writing some books while I was mm-hmm. away uh, on my bucket list journey. And uh, I did start those. But when I came home after having this experience of, you know, being gone for three months and crossing things mm-hmm. on my bucket list and, and um, continuing to do my podcast, which is, which is about people that cross things off their bucket list, I just felt like this, this need that I had all this knowledge <laughs> that I needed to get out about what it was like to live a bucket list lifestyle and how you could take that on. So I stopped those other books and for a month just wrote a brand new one um, and self-published it in September. There you go. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited for you. I'm let me know when that book comes out. I'm, oh, it's out. It's out. Oh, now. it's already out. Yeah, there you yeah. go. What's you, it called? It's called live out your list, finding joy through a bucket list lifestyle. Gotcha. So yeah, it's available on Amazon and Kindle and paperback and uh, on my website and we can give that stuff out later. But, yeah. but yeah, you, you know, we, we live in such a magical world where if you won't find, you want to do something, <laughs> that there are resources out there through the interwebs mm-hmm. that you can find whatever it is you need to make whatever you want happen for the most part. And so, you know, just like the, the podcasting that we do where, where, you know, most likely <laughs> neither of us went to podcasting school. I don't know if there is one, <laughs> maybe you and I should talk about starting one, but yeah, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> and I've never published a book before. So I just went out on the internet, um, wrote it, had a friend edit it and you know, uploaded it, learned how to upload it into Amazon and they do all the printing and all that kind of stuff. So it's on print on demand. So yeah, it's been a it's been a journey of learning for sure over the past six to eight months. What what would you say was the biggest challenge you encountered, like kind of figuring your way writing that book? You know, for me, because the book is so geared towards uh, helping giving people a system to to live out the their list that mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of problem with that being a former teacher you know saying here's <laughs> how you do something right so so writing nonfiction wasn't that hard for me um, but the publishing side was was difficult like I I did my own cover and back cover I designed them myself and uh, I don't have all the fancy tools like I do everything DIY as cheap as possible so like getting the correct dimensions on the on the cover. <laughs> 
or the spine. And, you know, I mean, it's like that stuff takes hours. Um, just learning how to use Amazon's system um, is, is was new and, you know, making sure that it was – you know, it was all formatted properly for for mm-hmm. them to accept it and all that kind of stuff. So, so it was just more like the mechanical side, logistical side of things, getting out there, and then just figuring out how do I promote this book. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's just like, what, what do I do next? Dang. Well, I'm happy to have you on. I I'm gonna be sure. I didn't even know the book was out yet, so I I'll be sure to. I need to. So I actually deleted uh, social media recently. I kind of I still upload my stuff right for right. the podcast. Yeah, but I just found that I would be scrolling through all this stuff, and I'd be like, "Whoa, what happened to that hour and a half or something yeah. like that?" Man, I didn't know it came yeah. out. So I'll be sure to. No, no, that's totally cool, and I get that. I think that that's one of the things that I've done with my social media is that you know, definitely on the side for promoting the podcast, like. I'm I'm not the rock, but I've gotten to the percentages that the rock um, has followers and follows like that was kind of my goal. So I went through my Instagram and said, okay, if I need, if I have 3000 followers, what's the percentage? And so mm-hmm. I like, I deleted like 1500 people. Um, but, but now when I'm on there and I use it and it's actually usable, I see your stuff. I see other people's stuff. And for a long time, my Facebook account has been very, very private. Um, so at one point I had like only 30 people that I interacted with on Facebook and I think I'm up to like 130 now, but, but I keep that really small and that's hard because you, you meet people Mm -hmm. and you, you engage with folks um, through this work and people are like, Oh, here's your, here's your uh, Facebook request. And it's like, no, I will not confirm that, you know, (laughs) like your work, my Facebook is my Facebook. And that's sometimes that's hard for people to understand. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes it's it's almost like separating that personal and you know public life type of thing, <laughs> right? It's yeah. hey, there's some things I just kind of want to keep to myself and you know just share with family and friends, and then there's other things that come on and like I just want to get it out there and the whole world to see type of thing. Yeah, for sure. So we kind of talked about like before we started this. I wanted to know. You said you have like this idea of New Year's resolutions and mean creating a bucket list instead of having new year's resolutions. I want to know more about that. What do you kind of got there? Yeah. Well, so, you know, it's that time of year where we're looking at new year's resolutions and everybody, every year that everybody talks about that. But I think that a bucket list can be a much more uh, fulfilling thing to have than a new year's resolution, partly just because, you know, only like nine to 12% of people actually keep their new year's resolutions, uh, <laughs> which is not a real good, why we keep no. talking about it year after year and with the, <laughs> that success rate is like beyond me. I don't understand. Like it's not going to change 26, only 26% of people are actually, you know, doing their new year's resolutions after February. Right. So 75% yeah. of people have already like, and it, it only gets lower too, right? Right. As the year progresses. Right. right. <laughs> so, so at some level, it's like, why do we keep talking about this every year? It doesn't seem like it's really working, um, but it's something people do, you know, on a whim. But uh, so but as a bucket list, though, on the other side, 95% of Americans would say that they have a, a bucket list. So surveys have shown the, the, the issue with bucket list, though, I'm just going to be transparent, is that out of those 95, only 40% of them have actually written it down. 
and are mm. and are actively crossing things off of it. But still, forty percent success That's rate a lot is better, a lot better than nineteen nine or twelve. Uh, and some of that, you know, I think the the failure rate on a New Year's resolution is that. People make it on a whim, right? They hear us talking about it or they hear it on Good Morning America or whatever. And they're like, yes. and then, and then they at, you know, 11.55 on New Year's Eve, they're like, oh yeah, what was that? You know, expecting you to make a complete life change uh, on something you spent about five minutes thinking about probably isn't going to have a high success rate. And we've seen that that's accurate. <laughs> well, it's even like uh, you get people that make goals or whatever new year's resolutions that are not even theirs right has nothing to do with them it's like oh i'm gonna go to the gym every week i'm like well are you really like a gym rat like maybe the best thing for you if you want to get in shape let's say is hey let's go for a walk or hey let's go explore this national park walk around like there's so many other options right to get fit right and get around and be healthy so (laughs) The thing that the thing that I would add on to that is that <clears throat> when you don't accomplish that m- major thing of going to the gym daily or whatever it is, quit smoking, lose a hundred pounds, whatever, whatever the thing is, <clears throat> there's can be a huge sense of shame, mm-hmm. right? That that you've publicly announced I'm going to do this, and then you don't do it, and then there's there's shame in that, and and you shouldn't heap shame upon yourself for sure. And we're in control of that. That's why I like the bucket list because it's it's dynamic. It's it is a living document, and so and you don't have to share it with everybody either. <laughs> exactly, and it's more personal too. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it should be. It should be. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, when it comes again, I think the New Year's resolutions we. We, we look at the world instead of ourselves, right? We, right? we look outward like, oh, well, this person's doing that. This person's doing that. I want that, that, and that, and that, and that, right? Whereas a bucket list, it's more like, all right, what do I want, right? And you kind of start picking out from yourself type of thing. Yeah. If you're into it, like it sounds <laughs> you are, that's exactly right. So the, one of the chapters in my book, I specifically talk about setting an intention for your bucket list, Right. So what is your intention for doing this thing? Um, Mm -hmm. And that is something we don't you know, that's what makes it personal and something we don't do when we look at a New Year's resolution. What's your intention for a New Year's resolution? I don't know. I just do it every year. You know, I just make one, (laughs) you know, and when you set an intention and say, this is why I have this bucket list, Mm -hmm. then then you can say, okay, that's what makes creating it. If you use that intention as your framework to say, oh, this is why this is personal, right? Yeah. And when you when we start managing it and crossing things off of it, it's like, okay, because I have this intention, I can see where I need to put my focus on crossing these items off. It's one of the things I've you know have learned over since the last time you and I have talked mm-hmm. is just setting that intention is so massive and so huge um, that it's you know it's it's a key it's the key to unlocking the full potential of a bucket list being like you say about you i i agree i think that especially i i like that you said set that intention right because again when it comes to those new year's resolutions right you're so concerned about how you appear to other people mm-hmm. right but when it comes to a bucket list or something and you set that intention it's more like all right why do i want this and it almost creates a purpose for like why you want what you want type of thing. Yeah, And I think I've heard enough people talk about this where they say, if you don't really have a purpose, you kind of wander and kind of fizzles out. Mm -hmm. And what happens with New Year's resolutions? 
fizzles out, right? Yeah. I mean, you gave the percentages there that <laughs> the success rate. And I think, right, uh, with the bucket list, it's more personal. It's you. And I would say that people, when they cross it off, it's almost like, well, I did that. Like, it's almost not even real, right, when you cross something off. Yeah, and that could, that could be your intention, right? Your intention could be build confidence, like the intention exactly. for my list is I'm going to build confidence. So I'm going to put things on my list that I am going they're going to challenge me. And when I'm done with them, I can say I can do anything, right? That's what we want confidence to be like. And so, so that's a great intention to have. For me, my intention was build community, right? Uh, be in community. The community is everything about my bucket list for the most part is, is about community, either building new community or, or strengthening old community. And so that drives what's on my list. And that's what makes it personal for me. Not too many people probably have, uh, go to the world championships of barbecue in Memphis, Tennessee with their best friends from middle school. That's pretty specific to me. I would think, <laughs> you know, for having something on your bucket list, I'm going to do that this year. I'm going to go to Memphis with my two high school buddies, uh, and go to the world championships of barbecue. And we're going to have a phenomenal time, a uh, weekend guys, weekend away and it's going to be awesome you know and but that's how having that intention of community affects my bucket list i agree i think that the again i mean what you're saying is awesome uh, this is kind of something that just kind of came to my mind so i mean community is a big part of uh, your intention for doing things because some people right they get so busy right because they have to make money or what all, all this other garbage that's out there right how do you kind of set time to kind of get your buddies to go out to go to the world championship barbecue in Memphis? Am I getting that right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so how do you kind of set time to do that? Well, I mean, it's something that I've always wanted to do is to go to that event. And so, you know, for for my two buddies, one's in Phoenix, one's in, one's in uh, Tampa. And I'm in uh, Seattle. So we don't get to see each other very often, but we do communicate regularly. And so we try every couple of years to, to meet someplace and do something together. You know, we've been friends for almost 38 years, I think. Um, so, so it's, it's been, we, we understand each other. We, we get each <laughs> other. And if someone says, Hey, let's do this. They, they know it's not flippant and that it's, you know, it's something to do. One of them has, you know, is newly married and one of them has, uh, four children. So, you know, I mean, we're all over the place <laughs> as far as our life situations. And, uh, but yeah, it, and it's, it's just, you know, having that on the list for a while. Mm -hmm. um, so we've been talking about it for a little bit. It's not something that's like, oh, it's 11.55 p.m. on New Year's Eve and let's do this. Uh, we've been talking about it for a while. So we've been, you know, unfortunately, the last couple of years, they didn't have the event. So it was you know, not something we could do, yeah. you know, because of, of what I call lockdowns. And so, you know, so it's that's lifted. We Let's go, you know. And so we, you know. We've we've saved our money. We've you know one person has airline miles and you know one person has hotels you know points and we just save and you up. Kind of just group them together. And yeah, yeah. We just group out. them together and and I think somebody's buying the three tickets to compensate for their not having those other two things. So we just we just share the costs and, and which which helps a lot. Uh, but but it's been a long time on the list, right? It's been a long yeah. time in conversation. So we've been able to save whatever we need to make that happen. So I wanna ask this. 
so now that you've crossed that off and stuff, how do you kind of generate new, I don't want to say ideas, but new kind of like things to put on your bucket list? Like, how do you kind of generate? Because I feel like eventually, right, you're going to get to this point where like, oh, man, what should I do type of thing? What would you say for those people? Yeah, I, th- I think it's about always being curious, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and being forward thinking. Um, so so I'll give you an example. I went to I, I was last year. I took the three month trip to Europe, and awesome. and uh, when I decided that I was going for three months, that was the first choice, right? It's like okay, I'm going to go travel for three months. I actually went to Costa Rica, Spain, Italy, Israel, and the United Kingdom. And so I said, okay, I'm going to take this trip. Who, for me, since community is my, you know, mm-hmm. my thing for, for my intention, for my bucket list, I'm like, okay, who can I see? Where can I go? Who can I see? And so when I picked places where I was staying, I picked them based on how easy it was to go see other people Dang. that I knew for, from other experiences. So, so again, that intention of community really dictated, yeah. right? I, I only knew one person in Rome, so I only spent a day in Rome, right? <laughs> I, I spent almost three weeks in, or four weeks in Trieste, Italy, where I was able to see four or five people because they lived nearby. I was able to hop on a train to Milan that, for you know, a three-hour ride to go for the weekend to visit three or four people, right? So, so I, those relationships kind of dictated my agenda, right? And so mm. that's what, again, it goes back to, that's how you, by setting that intention, it kind of helps you formulate what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for, for me, it's to the point where it's like, how does setting that intention keep me from doing uh, things that I probably shouldn't do, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that, you know, and I'll give you an example. Uh, well, that's maybe not be the best example, but, but I've recently taken Burning Man off my bucket list. Right, so many people at Burning Man want to go to Burning, Burning Man. Mm-hmm. Great, nothing wrong with Burning Man. No hate for Burning Man because I don't want you know burners to come at me, but but because <laughs> they will. But, <laughs> but but it's just I've I've recently you know was something you know some friends of mine said we we would kind of like to do together. They've kind of backed out. They said they don't want to do it anymore. I've kind of talked to some people and I've decided you know at fifty three I don't want to be out in the desert with dust <laughs> in every crack in my body for eight days. That's it's just something I don't want to do, right? So it's mm-hmm. so if when you have that intention, like when it, I mean, could I build a community when I was there? Yes, I could do that. But the whole point of having it on the list in the beginning was that I was going to go with these friends who now no longer say they want to go. So it's like, all right, man, I'll take that off the list. It's no, it's no problem. And I think it's a matter of you know to answer your question, it's a matter of just how do you how do you look at the things that are around you and incorporate things you love into it. So like one of the issues that I had when I went to Europe for those, for those three months was everybody back home telling me what I needed to go do and go see, you know, like my mom, I love her, but she was like, Oh, you, you need to go to the, the national museum, you know, in London, you go to the national museum. And I'm in my head, I'm like, why do I want to go walk around a building that with a bunch of stolen, you know, stuff that white people stole from <laughs> black people, you know, it's like, that doesn't appeal to me. Um, but what does appeal to me and what I am very interested in is I'm a huge Ted Lasso fan. I think Ted Lasso is the best show ever. And so I spent, I spent one day in London, just, just visiting 
Ted Lasso sites where they shoot the show. Really? Yeah, yeah. I went. I went to the practice field. I went to the pub. I went to uh, to Ted Street where he lives. I went to the. What park was the coolest all. place? Would you say like oh, have all? Gosh. The pub was really interesting because they don't film in the pub. They they recreate the pub in a on a film set. But it is it looks majority of it looks just like it. Um, but it was super interesting to me because there was besides on the sandwich board chalkboard mm-hmm. outside where it said believe. You know, it had the it had a drawing of the believe sign that Ted has up above yeah. his office. There was nothing about Ted Lasso in there. There weren't pictures of the cast on the wall with signatures. There weren't dishes on the menu that were Ted Lasso themed. It was like they just they just did their thing. Like they they recognized that they were, you know, that they had all this attention because of the show, but they didn't change who they were. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas like that would be like the complete opposite in America. Like in America, like they would take every advantage, uh, you know, of notoriety as possible. And the people in there were just like people from the show. They were just super nice. And they, you know, and they Man. and the food was good. And so so that really caught me as an American. That kind of caught me off guard. I'm like, why are you not taking advantage Oh wait, that's not taking advantage. That's you know, <laughs> that's stealing. So it's just like it, that was really interesting to me. The the funniest story was um, getting to the practice field where they mm-hmm. where they shoot a lot of the, the practice shots. Uh, it was very difficult for me because I didn't have a car. I was trying to use public transportation. I wound up walking like forty five minutes to get there after I had wow. taken like a twenty minute train ride. Um, but as I walked up, there's a guard, of course, at the guard shack of this facility. Mm-hmm. And oh, I was like, hey, can I just want to, you know, step near the pitch and take a couple pictures? He's like, yeah, sure. Just, you know, go around that corner and there's an office. You can go into the office and let them know that you're here. I'm like, well, that's a lot more awkward than this conversation was, but I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. And so as I'm walking towards the office, this gentleman gets, comes out of the office with a, with, with another person and he's like full double breasted suit, you know, English. Oh, geez. And he was getting into a Rolls Royce. This obviously the owner of the club, mm-hmm. the club that actually plays there. There's a club that actually plays at that facility, uh, team. And, um, I said, I said, hi. I said, is there any way I can just like go around and take a picture? I won't, I won't walk on the pitch, but I'll just, you know, just take a picture of the facility. And he looked up at me. He goes, Ted Lasso, and I said, yeah. He goes, yeah. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) It's like seems like that. uh, That definitely uh, happens a lot to them. And you know, I just went around, and there's the entrance way that they always use in the parking lot where they leave every night and that kind of stuff. And I got to take pictures there, and and then I went out a a little ways around the pitch so you could see the stands where the offices are and everything. And and I just I took some selfies, and my face just hurt. Josh, my face just hurt. Just from smiling. Yes, yes. That was towards the end of my trip, and like I had done a lot of really cool stuff. But that day, I was just, I was so happy, you know. And and Mm -hmm. to to get back to our conversation, it's like it's like that's what drives my bucket list, right? It's what is what is it going to bring you joy, right? You don't have to do everything everybody else does. You talk about you were talking earlier about. You know, New Year's resolutions, everyone's just doing everything for everybody else. Well, you know, my year of doing this, I've seen a lot of Instagram posts of people, you know, taking balloon rides over mm-hmm. Cappadocia 
turkey, right? <laughs> like that's like exactly like that's you know it's like that's not on my list, right? I mean, if my partner wants to do it, I'll do it with her. You know, that sounds like it would be fun, but I'm not going to put it on my bucket list, right? I'm not going to exactly. make it. And because uh, for me, putting things on a bucket list, it's like this is an objective for my life. Right, that I'm putting yes. on here. I'm going to cross this thing. I'm going to do this thing. It's an objective. I'm going to get it done. It's not even just a goal. It's like it's like this is a mission, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so and so, you know, for me, putting things on the list. It does kind of have to be special. I know people that have lists of a hundred items, and I get asked that question all the time. It's like how many how many items do you have on your bucket list? And I'm like, I don't know. This is my list. It doesn't matter how many. I have. <laughs> yeah. And I think too. I think a big thing is that one of the things that I discovered over the past year is that it's really important to look at your bucket list as a living document. Yes. Right. And so often in our society, if I send you an email, people are like freak out. It's like, Oh my gosh, this is what we're doing. I'm like, it clearly stated that this was a rough draft. It clearly said, (laughs) this is an idea. This doesn't mean that, you know, because we've written it down someplace that it's set in stone. Right. Exactly. And, And so being a living document, you can add things to your list. You can complete things on your list and cross them off, or you can just delete things off your list. You should be able to mm-hmm. have the freedom. And again, it's that thing about the New Year's resolution where if I don't do this, there's shame. It's like for me, if I don't do something on my list, it's just because it's not the right time or I don't want to do it anymore. And that's okay. It doesn't bring me shame mm-hmm. for not for not doing that. And, and so I want people to have that freedom, right? This This should bring you joy and freedom, the feeling of freedom. So let's make sure we do that. <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I think oftentimes, again, kind of reinforce your point. You said how we're always doing things for other people. I think that's so true. I think, right, we're like, oh, I got to do this and this and this and this and this. And I actually had to laugh a little bit at the when you said uh, that when you send out an email, it's just a rough draft. And you literally say it's rough draft and people start freaking out like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what are we doing? I'm like, that's so true, though. Like, when is it ever... Like to say it's a final draft, like hate to break to you, there's always improvements you can make to it. Exactly. And I like how you say it's a living document, right? Mm-hmm. A living document can be amended, it can be deleted, all the things that you said. And it makes it more real to you and it also makes it more real for the time that you're currently in. Right? Exactly. So maybe like let's say you had a thing on your bucket list to I don't know. You wanted to climb Mount Everest, right? But then all of a sudden you get in a horrible car accident, something like that. I mean, yeah, there's people that probably have done it, right? And more power to them. But for some people, right, it's just, it's more work for them, right? It stresses them financially. Mm -hmm. There's all those things that just kind of pile on top of that. But then having that ability to say, hey, you know what? This is who I am now. Mm. Let's look at the document. What can we change? What can we amend? What type of things do we want now that, you know, that circumstances changed? And that analogy that you gave, what might be a little bit harder than what it would have been Mm -hmm. before this, right? And because I'm a firm, I mean, I think your, your bucket list items need to be achievable, Right. Yeah. So if you're if you're quadriplegic, that you know going up to Mount Everest might be a little tough because they're going to have to carry you the whole way. And so to find people that are physically you know strong enough and have the time and equipment, mm-hmm. that might be a little bit difficult. But most things you need to make them achievable. 
And because mm-hmm. the whole point of having a list is that you get across things off of it. You can say, exactly. I, I'm done. You know, if you want to, if you want a dream board or a vision board or something like that to keep you motivated, then sure. You can cut out pictures of your bucket list items and put it on there to keep you motivated. But your list needs to be something that you're going to say, I'm going to cross this item off. I'm going to do this to completion. And so to do that, they need to be achievable. And that's super important. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Maybe my, uh, my wanting a jet, that's a little far fetched, but I'm pretty ambitious. So we'll. <laughs> but you have lots of time, Josh. I'm, I'm rooting for you, man. You have lots of time. <laughs> I would never tell you not to do that because I'm, I'm looking forward to our friendship where I can use uh use that jeff with you oh yeah 100 percent. so 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 you've got plenty of time my friend don't don't rush it it's you know that is for you at your age with that goal it's achievable thank you I'll, it's gonna be difficult i will yeah. admit so i that kind of brings up a question when it gets difficult right maybe mm. i guess there's a balance right like you want to set it that it's achievable right and some things right are just fun right that's point right Mm -hmm. you want to have joy yes but also maybe you have maybe that one thing on your bucket list that's just maybe a little bit far-fetched how do you kind of overcome those challenges that come with it i guess it's my question a stretch goal is different than not being achievable right so Mm -hmm. so let me give you an example Uh, um i don't think we talked about this last time i was on your show if if i am stop me and we'll edit it out but okay but something i loved as a child as and as an adult is saturday night live i love saturday night live i've always loved it i've never thought that there's been a bad year you know some people all this year's (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, it's what it is. Just laugh, you know. That, exactly. that, that's, so I like all the cast members. I like all the years. It, it doesn't matter to me. I've been watching it for all 48 years or whatever it is. So sometimes I dream about standing on that stage in front of those cameras live on Saturday Night Live, live on Saturday night and saying live from New York at Saturday Night Live. Like that's a dream. I've literally had that dream, right? Like literally dreamt that. I, I've daydreamed it. You know, I, I've done all that. Now, for our conversation, the reality is, is that there are only 325 people in the history of that show that have ever said those words on live TV. That's not a lot. <laughs> no. In the, in the, to give you how that's not a lot, in the same time period, there's been twice as many NFL starting quarterbacks in that same amount of time. Twice as many, over like 750 NFL starting quarterbacks in those same 48 wow. years. So for me to be able to do that, to get on that show, say those words live, I would have to become the rock. I would have to, you know, mm-hmm. I would have to be, you know, Ed Sheeran or what, you know, whoever the most Something popular, like that. you know, it, it would take a great deal of work just for me to be in a position to be asked to be able to say those words. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you cut out all that work right, and say, well, you could be a cast member. It's like, I'm 52. The likelihood of Lauren Michaels taking me on as a cast member and having needed skills to be a cast member at the yeah. end of 52, probably not going to happen. Right. I would love it, but I just know that it's not going to happen. So it's not on my mm-hmm. bucket list, right? It's a it's a dream and it's a fantasy and, and it's fun to think about, you know, just like it's fun thinking about the lottery, you know, yeah. <laughs> that, 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 you know, it's great. Something that is on my bucket list is I'm a huge Star Wars fan. 
I love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Saw it in the theater in 77. Oh, yeah. I, I think we did. Okay. Yeah. Good. You wanted to be an extra. I, th- I know you mentioned the Star Wars extra. I don't think you mentioned the yeah. uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. I didn't know that part. But. Yeah. So so that's the that's the opposite side of the coin, right? Is that is that I would love to be an extra in a Star Wars movie. And, and that, even though it's difficult, if I really put my mind to it, I know people that work in LA. I know people that work in the business. I understand how the business works. Uh, you know, I understand what casting calls are. I, you know, I don't want a speaking part. You, like I said last time, put a, put a, a Stormtrooper helmet on me. I'll miss every target. It's fine. I can do that. <laughs> you know, I just, because it's a community thing, like I just want to say I, I was a part of that community that made that story part of that story right a small part of that story mm-hmm. that's the only reason i want to do it and but i could i could make that happen if i if i had the time the energy you know i i could probably make that happen and so that's on my list a hundred percent you can make that happen especially with star wars always pumping out new <laughs> stuff <laughs> it wasn't always like that <laughs> oh i bet i bet it was a lot the generation doesn't appreciate the fact that we had to wait years and years and years for new stories. Oh yeah, we got what? We got oh we, we got, got like six this year. Yeah. Like just this year. And they were series wow. too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's they're gonna keep on rolling, so Disney's got Disney's gotta make back that four billion that they gave George Lucas. <laughs> they realized, oh shoot, <laughs> this didn't pan out how we wanted. Oh no, they've been Disney. doing pretty well. I think they've been doing yeah, pretty well. I like the I like the last series they did. It was Andor. Oh, I thought yeah. that was Oh yeah. I thought that was really well, well done. Can't wait for the second season of that. It's, it's really oh, yeah. good. Yep. Yeah. That was good. Just I will walk by on screen. I don't care. I don't I'll just be in the crowd. <laughs> oh yeah. Be one of the guys shooting and <laughs> just running around. You can blow me up if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll be a, I'll be a prisoner in the, you know, in the prisoner in the prison. That's fine with me. I don't care. So how would you make that happen then? Well, I mean the, the Star Wars stuff, you have to realize that a lot of it's done in in London. A lot, you know, huh, I don't know. Yeah, that. a lot of the filming's done in London, casting's done in London. Um, more of the uh, Mandalorian stuff is done here in the States um, because of the volumes. They use these volumes things that they mm-hmm. film in with it's like a big, huge LED screen all around it. And um, so, so the, there's not a lot of casting. Uh, in the shows, but I would just, I would start, I have some friends in LA that are quasi in the business and I would call them up and say, Hey, do you know anybody that works on these shows? And I would just start networking and and just keep on going. Who do you know? Who do you know? Who do you know? Until I figured out when and where the casting calls were and, and uh, show up. There you go. I'm I'm excited to see you as an extra on one of these. <laughs> Let me know when that happens, oh, and I'll yeah. be I'll be oh, looking yeah. for you. No That's doubt. awesome. Well, it looks like our time's about looking about to wrap up, but ah, this was good. I like. Thank you for coming on, Roger. But I am going to ask the intelligent question of the day. Sure. Forgive me if it's terrible. What piece of advice would you want the listeners to take away from you? What's the one thing that you want them? to kind of take away and apply to their lives. That it's their list. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a part of this conversation a little bit. It's definitely a, a big part of my book is that it, it's your bucket list. Don't let anybody tell you what you should have on it. Don't look necessarily for ideas from other people or from the gram or Facebook or wherever mm-hmm. you use, use social media, you know, 
find your reason why you're doing it and then look at the world and say, okay, how does this fit my reason? How does this fit my why? And it'll bring you so much more joy if you intentionally make it your list. There you go. That's the intelligent answer of the day, everyone. That was awesome. You mentioned your book. I also need this information as well, but where can people <laughs> find it? And I know you blasted your social medias and all that in the last episode, but yeah. what's the best way people can chat with you, reach out to you, all that fun stuff? The best thing that's new since the last time we talked is, is a website for me. It's crossingitoffpodcast.com. And you can find all information about me. You can find information about my podcast, um, how you can become a guest on the podcast. I'm always looking for people to share their bucket list stories on the show. And uh, as well as you can find information about my, my book, um, how to get it on Amazon. Or if you are use a PDF reader, uh, ebook reader, you can actually purchase it straight uh, from the website for, for your listeners if they want to grab a copy. Uh, it's usually $7.99, but if they use the the promo code friend uh, and check out, then they can get it for five ninety nine. So um, I hope so people do that. And yeah, so you can find out all information about me and uh, the bucket list resources I provide at that website. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on, Roger. I was oh. excited when you reached out to me. I was like, yes, we're doing it. <laughs> Put it on the docket. So thank you for coming on today. Oh no, thank you for having me, Josh. I I love what you're doing and and that you're putting yourself out there. And uh, just just remember, it takes time. It always takes time. <laughs> so you will get the jet, um, and, <laughs> and I will go wherever you want to go with you. I don't I don't awesome. even care. So just riding in. Thank it you. Awesome stuff. Thanks. Well, I try my best. All right, everyone. That is Roger. As you can tell, he's a very intelligent person. Has great things to say. I challenge you guys, he dropped the information there. If anything sparked your interest today to reach out to him, his book is also available. He mentioned where you can find it there as well. Stay tuned till next week. We have a great guest lined up for you guys. See you guys next week, and let's get after it. Hey everyone, if you liked this episode and would like to hear more, be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button. We release a new episode every Wednesday for you guys to listen to. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give. We could not have done this without you guys. If you would like to be a potential guest on the show, check out intelligentconvos.com and fill out the form there. Thank you guys again, and let's get after it.